Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Today I want to talk on the topic everyday anointing. Can you say everyday anointing? Last week I spoke on the anointing and we are doing a series called Work is Worship, which goes very much together with the previous series, which was called Poema. So if you're just coming in today, the Poema course was based on a verse in Ephesians that says we are God's handiwork or work of art, and it's a Greek word, Poema. And so we were looking at our gifts and abilities and experiences and passions and opportunities, and we were trying to work out what is my calling, what is my gift, what is my place in life. You know, you have a calling from God. You're not a mistake. It's not random. God has a plan and a calling and a purpose for you. And when you find it, which is what the Poema course was for, when you find your calling, you are fulfilled, you are successful, you are doing what God wants you to do, and things line up and flow. When you're out of your calling, you struggle. And so the Poema course is still available. Go to poema.page and you can find out how to do that. It'll take you quite a bit of time. It'll, it'll take you a bit of time to watch the videos, do all the questionnaires, research, come up with the answers. It's not a quick 10-minute exercise, but it's worth it and helpful. So we did the Poema course, and then the Work is Worship course goes very much hand-in-hand with that one, where we're saying, once you found your calling, you realize that worship is not just an hour on a Sunday. It's every part of my life, all 168 hours of the week, is worship. And then last week I spoke about the anointing and how we are all anointed. And today I want to speak about everyday anointing. Because if you've been in charismatic church circles for a while, you will have got the wrong idea that the anointing is a thing that comes upon you when you're standing up preaching and the rest of the time you're unanointed. Many of us think, if I get the anointing, wow, I get a quiver in my liver and everything starts to wingle and wangle, and I feel power, and God works, and miracles happen, and the fire falls. I want to say, yes, the anointing is God's power, but it's not just for the preacher. It's not just for Sunday morning. It's everyday anointing, and when we understand that, it'll change your life, because God says you're anointed. 1 John 2, verse 20, says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Can you say, I have an anointing? You do. We looked last week at how in the Old Testament, it was a few special categories of people who were anointed, but now God says, we are anointed. We are kings. We are priests unto our God. We are ministers. You have an anointing, it says, And you know all things. And then a a couple of verses later, verse 27, it says, But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. Abides means stays. It doesn't leave you when you walk out of church. Hallelujah. When you walk out of here, I've got a, a little secret for you. You don't leave God behind. You take God with you into the world. Wow. The anointing abides. It stays. It doesn't leave. 
God puts His blessing and His anointing and His Holy Spirit, and the Bible speaks of it like a seal, a seal which doesn't remove and can't be broken. So He says, the anointing which you have received from Him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as that same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it is taught you, you will abide in Him. So now I have a part to play in this. He abides in me, but as I abide in Him, the anointing starts to play out. And I want to make a very important point, which I'd love you to listen to and, and grasp, please. The anointing is given to you for a purpose. It's not just for you to feel tingly and wonderful. Although that's great. The anointing is given to you so that you can do what God's called you to do. In the Old Testament, there was a man called Bezalel. In Exodus 31, verse 2, it says, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship to design artistic works. To work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting jewels for setting, in carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. This man, Bezalel, was anointed to be a craftsman. What are you anointed for? And today I want to look. I'm going to use two scriptures, which I think are well-known scriptures. And I'm looking at what are you anointed for, and how do we walk out this anointing? Because as we walk out what God has anointed us to do, the anointing flows. As we start to do it, the anointing flows. Are you excited about that? Yeah. Let's find out what it is. So I'm going to read these two scriptures to you. First is Ephesians 5 verse 17. It says, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. In other words, find out what God's will is for you, because then when you do it, the anointing flows. Understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. That word be filled means be continually ongoing filled. In other words, get filled up again and again. So part of it is to say, Lord, I'm open to your Holy Spirit filling me. I'm asking for it. I'm receiving your Spirit constantly, not just on a Sunday morning. He goes on to say, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. So part of this anointing flows on an everyday basis where I'm being filled by Spirit, but I'm singing and worshiping to Him, not just on a Sunday, but when I'm in that board meeting with that horrible boss and that difficult client. Or when my child is screaming at two in the morning. Or when the problems of life come, your car breaks down or whatever it is. I'm singing and I'm making melody and the anointing is flowing. And then he goes on to say, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, that I'm in a traffic jam. Thank you, God, that I've got this difficulty. Thank you that I'm struggling with this. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thanking him always for all things. And as we do this, the everyday anointing starts to flow. And I'm going to read you a second scripture, which is very similar. It's in 1 Thessalonians 5. And 
Io has already quoted part of it. It says, rejoice always, always, not just in the good times, not just when it's your birthday, not just when you've won the lottery, rejoice always. And he said, commanding us to do it, which means it's something I must tell myself to do and force myself to do. Rejoice always. It's a command and an instruction. Rejoice. You do it. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. How am I supposed to pray without ceasing? Am I supposed to continually be saying, Our Father who art in heaven, and I be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Is that what I'm supposed to be doing? When I'm in a meeting with a, a client and they're talking to me and under my breath I'm going, oh, no, no, Jesus, thank you, and Lord Jesus. No, that's not it. Pray without ceasing means it's an attitude of prayer where I am open to God, I'm communing with Him, I'm recognizing He is God and He is here and I'm listening for Him to fill me with His words and His Spirit. Pray without ceasing, rejoice always. In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything give thanks, not just the good things. In every circumstance I'm giving thanks. Why am I saying this? Because an everyday anointing, that dripping oil of God's presence, that fragrance of God's blessing comes when we start to do these everyday things. When we walk in the will of God, we start to see him anointing us. And then he goes on to say, do not quench the spirit. What does quench mean? It means there's a fire. The Holy Spirit puts a spark in you. He says, I want you to pray. I want you to give. I want you to witness. I want you to thank me. And it's a little spark of God's spirit that comes up in you. And quench means you dampen it. You stop it. You say, no, I'm, I'm not going to follow you now, Lord. He says, don't quench. Rather flow with whatever he's prompting you to do. Listen to his instructions and obey them. Then the anointing flows. Everyday anointing, not just for the pastor or the preacher, for all of us on every occasion and in every situation. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Be listening to what God is saying. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. So I've taken all of these verses and I've distilled them into five points and four actions. And I'm going to just share them with you now. You can look at those verses yourself and come up with your own points and actions. Let me read the verses again, just to show you where I've got this from, and then I'll go into my points. So the first verse was 1 John 2, verse 20. It says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. You know all things, verse 27. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. The anointing, everyday anointing, not just church anointing, not just pastor anointing, everyone Every day, every minute, every circumstance, the oil of God's power. Next verse, Exodus 31, 2. See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. I've filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship to design artistic works, to work in gold and silver and bronze, 
cutting jewels for setting, in carving wood, to work in all manner of workmanship. God has anointed you for a specific task. There are things you are called to do that no one else on the planet is called to do. There are jobs and callings and good works that God has designed for you to do that no one else can do. You've got to find your calling and then you will flow in the anointing. And then Ephesians 5. Do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Find out God's will for you. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit fill you on Tuesday, not just on Sunday. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Worship Him all the time, all the time, even at work, even in that difficult situation. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for this situation, for this person, for this challenge, for this difficulty, for this demotion, for this promotion, for every situation. Thanks for all things. The anointing starts to flow. 1 Thessalonians 5. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Right, so my five points. How do I do the will of God so that the anointing flows? Number one, Find out what is my, my calling from God. What is the thing? You know, that word calling comes from the idea of God calling out and saying, you are gifted in administration. You are gifted in art. You are gifted in convincing people. You are gifted in teaching people, looking after children, whatever it is. God calls out to you. And when I hear that call and I respond, I say, yes, Lord, I've found my calling in life then I start to flow in his anointing. So number one, find out his call on your life. You say, how do I do that? Well, I'm glad you asked because we designed the Poema course for that very, very reason and you can do it. It's not hard and it's not even expensive. You can do it for free. Poema.page. Number one, find God's calling for your life. Number two, live a righteous life the way that he wants. Live the way that he wants. Avoid evil. You know, Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall lack nothing. He leads me beside quiet waters, green pastures. He leads me in paths of righteousness. You say, how do I know the path that God is leading me on so that I'm blessed by his anointing? Later on in Psalm 23, it says, He anoints my head with oil. How do I find the path? It's a path of righteousness. It's doing the right thing. You say, but that sounds impossible. It's not hard. You can, with God's help, make the right choices. Avoid sin and do what God wants. And as you walk in those paths of righteousness, green pastures, quiet waters, head anointed, table prepared in the presence of my enemy, dwell in the house of the Lord forever, the anointing flows. So number two, avoid evil. And if you're involved in evil, just cut it off. Don't wait another day. Write that letter. Get rid of that thing that's causing you to sin. Burn that bridge, whatever's necessary, but get rid of it. If, if there's a habit that's 
just getting you down again and again. Get rid of it. Get rid of that substance out of your house. Get rid of that device. Whatever it is, just get rid of it and say, God, I'm going to walk in your paths. That's the second path for his anointing to flow. Number three, worship, praise, and pray always. Worship, praise, and pray always. There was a famous book written in the 1800s called Practicing the Presence of God, where a monk said, I'm going to learn to be in God's presence, whatever I'm doing, whether I'm washing the dishes or singing or whatever, I'm going to practice the presence of God. You know, the Bible says the whole earth is filled with God's glory. Did you know that? It's not just in holier, amazingly enough. God's glory is in your workplace, in your home. In every place you could possibly go, the whole earth is filled with His glory. All we got to do is open our eyes and say, God, I'm giving you glory in this place, in this time. And the anointing floods in. Try it. You'll be amazed. Can I give you a little secret here? The presence of God. And I, I don't go on feelings. Feelings are wonderful, but I don't use them as a hard and fast judge. But the sense of God's presence where he comes with his, his beautiful anointing. And there's a, there's a weird feeling. I can't describe it. It's like a tingling and a presence. It's hard to describe. But I felt it in the most unusual places, not just in church. When I'm open to the fact that God is working all the time, I say, Lord, I praise you right here, right now, in my car, in this traffic jam, wherever it is. And his presence floods in. And the anointing flows. Because it's an everyday anointing. It abides. Number four, reaching out to the lost. You know, his anointing is for a purpose. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus says in verse 8, he says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. The two go together. They're not separate. His power, his anointing comes, yes, for you to do that thing he's called you to do, to be a craftsman or a lawyer or whatever it is, but it's also so that you can reach out. And so when we're looking around for the lost and we want to show them God's love, God's power, God's healing, he opens the doors. If my eyes are open to the possibility, he opens doors of conversations. My wife is an introvert. She's not a, she's not a loud person who shouts all the time. She doesn't, she's not the, the loud person in a conversation who's always telling jokes and keeping the conversation going. And she said to me several times, I'm worried that I'm not witnessing to people at work well enough. I'm not telling people about Jesus. I said to her, do they know that you're a believer? She said, yes. I said, I'm sure you are having an effect. And within a month of her saying that, I don't know why it happened this way, but two people at her work reached out to her and said, tell me about Jesus, because I've seen there's something on your life. There's something about you that's different. You don't get into the office gossip. You don't get flustered when the bosses treat us badly. You have the sense of peace and joy in your life. Tell me about Jesus. The one man made an appointment on a Saturday night at 8 p.m. He phoned my wife and he said, I want to speak to you and your husband. I'm, we're having coffee at the Jersey Art Center Cafe Jack. I want to find out about Jesus. He was serious. He made an appointment because it was shining out of her. I want to tell you, my friend, the everyday anointing is not just for certain people to reach the lost. It's for all of us. 
And people are looking to you. And if you are just open, people will ask questions or they'll say something and you can say, I'm going to pray that your child or even your pet is healed today. Whatever it is, pray and watch God do miracles because that's how the anointing flows. When we're open to the, to the possibilities. Amen. And then the last one is to carry his fragrance with us wherever we go. His fragrance. Let me read you two verses here. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14 says, Now thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Wow. Now that's a fact. Whether you feel it or not is another matter. But the fact is he is always leading you in triumph. Even when that person at work is horrible to you. Even when your car breaks down or the bank calls with bad news, whatever, God is still leading you in triumph. And we've got to say, I'm trusting you in that, Lord. But then it goes on to say, He leads us in triumph and through us diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. What is the fragrance of His knowledge? I'll tell you what I hear when I read that verse. It's an attitude of grace and love. It just, it diffuses out of you. You know, in John 1 verse 14, John describes Jesus in one phrase. He says he was full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. There's an attitude of humility, of love, of kindness, of respect, of joy that just diffuses out of you, even though you don't have to say anything. And if we can start to walk in that, the anointing starts to flow. One more verse, Colossians 4 verse 5. It says, walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. I don't have time now to speak on that little phrase, redeeming the time, but it's a beautiful phrase. It means we, we are pulling the time back from just being wasted down the drain. We're using this time for God's purposes. It says, walk in wisdom towards those who are outside. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. You know, salt is tasty. You add it because it adds beautiful flavor, but it also creates a thirst. And what he's saying is, as you speak with grace, you're not proud and arrogant and judgmental. You're humble. You're full of love and grace and kindness and forgiveness. But as you speak with grace and love, it creates a flavor that is attractive. People say, I want what they've got. And it creates a thirst. They say, I must know more about Jesus. And that's the fragrance of Christ. So you're ready for my closing four points? Number one, they all start with A, accept. Accept that you have an anointing and that you are anointed all the time. Accept it. Just say, Lord, I'm going to believe it and trust it. Even though I haven't necessarily felt like it's true, I'm going to stand on your word and say, I am anointed all the time, every place. I carry your anointing. It abides with me. Number one, just accept it. And part of that is renewing your mind by reading God's word and starting to tell your mind the truth that you have an anointing and that God is with you and he's in you and his favor is on you and his blessing is with you and his presence is with you. Start to accept it by renewing your mind. Important. Number one. 
Get that in your heart. Say, God, I'm going to tell my emotions what's true rather than letting my emotions tell me what's true. I'm going to tell my emotions. I am blessed. I am loved. I am anointed by God. And renew your mind. Read his word every day. It'll help you with that. Amen? Number two, ask. Ask. (laughs) You know, God's got this amazing thing. The Lord's Prayer, he tells us to ask for things. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. Lead us not into temptation. And every single thing that he tells us to ask for is something that somewhere else he's promised us he's going to give us anyway. Did you know that? He's already promised you he's going to give you your daily bread. He's promised you he will never lead you into temptation. He's promised you to forgive you all your sins in Christ. But he wants us to ask because he loves this interaction between us and him. And he wants you to ask for wisdom, for his spirit, for his power. Even though he's given it, even though it abides, he wants you to have this relationship of dependence with him. And so in Luke 11 verse 13, he says, How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? If you ask him every day, Lord, please fill me again with your Holy Spirit. He just fills you. And he loves you to ask. And he loves to answer. James 1 verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to him. Lord, I need your wisdom to flow in this everyday anointing. Just ask for it. And he says, I will give it to you if you ask. Luke 21, 15, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom, or another version says words and wisdom, which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. Ask for wisdom and words from the Holy Spirit. And when somebody speaks to you negatively or when somebody asks about Christ, you will be given the words to say. And then 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. And that word desire is translated lust in other places in the Bible. He says, really want these spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Ask for the gifts. Say, Lord, I want words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophecies, healing, all these different gifts. I I desire them. Ask. So the first was accept. The second is ask. Just ask. But we ask with thank yous. We don't ask with begging pleases. We say Thank you, God, that you're going to give me my daily bread, that you're going to do this, that you're going to fill me with your spirit, that you're going to give me words and wisdom, that you're going to lead me and guide me. Amen? Number two is ask. Number three is act or respond or follow the promptings of the spirit. When he prompts you to do something, obey and follow it, as long as it's in line with scripture. If he tells you to do something that the Bible says is a sin, then that was you just dreaming it up. But if he gives you a prompting, follow it. And you may have misheard, but every time you follow it, you will learn better how to recognize God's Spirit's voice. Amen? The worst that can happen is you make a mistake and you become a little bit more humble. And that's not the worst thing in the world either. So we act. We accept. We ask. We start to act when he prompts us to do things. You'll be amazed at the promptings that he gives you. And they lead to miracles. (laughs) It's incredible. 
He prompts you. you. You're in the office and you see someone and the Lord drops in your heart a little prompting. That person's struggling with depression or they're having a fight with their spouse or whatever. You don't have to go and be weird and say, Thus the Lord. You don't need to be weird. You just say, how are you doing? How's things at home? Because if it's of the Lord, He will open the doors for that to produce a miraculous result in that conversation. And you can again not be weird, but say something like, you know, God help me in that situation. I would love to pray for you. And then the next day you say, did anything change? How's it going? So act. And then the last thing is abide. Abide. That means rest. Just acknowledge the presence of God and rest in His presence, not just thinking when I'm coming through the doors of church, I'm coming into His presence. Realize He's with me. He's in me. He's upon me. He's never going to leave me. I'm going to praise Him all the time. Thank Him for all things. Pray continually. And just start having this constant dialogue with God. Thank you for that beautiful flower, Lord. Thank you for this person who's giving me a hard time. Thank you for this job. Thank you that I can do this. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And His anointing starts to flow. The Psalms say that God inhabits the praises of His people. As we praise, His presence comes thicker and thicker. So it's an everyday anointing. Amen? Are you excited to start being an everyday minister? Work is worship. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.